Father, there is so much that we're trusting you for tonight, and Lord, we bring all these requests to you knowing that you're a prayer hearing and you're a prayer answering God, and so God, help us to be a people of faith. Lord, what you promised, Lord, let your word be a reality in the lives of your people and in the, in the details of these requests. God, let the answers fall out to your glory and your glory alone. God, you're worthy. You are awesome. There is no one like you. You are such a good God, and we want to just declare to you how grateful we are. There is no God like our God. Uh, Lord, we're a blessed people. Uh, You have only ever been good to us. Lord, thank you for how faithfully you've blessed us during the the sheltering and the the stay-at-home mandates, and yet, Lord, we've been able to bear fruit. Lord, thank you for the grace uh, to be able to to still move forward together as a church. Uh, Lord, it's been good. Lord, thank you for the opportunity. Lord, help us to never come to the place where we ever take for granted the ability to come together and worship and to edify and, and, Lord, to encourage one another. Lord, for uh, just the opportunity to, to give physical affection, Lord, the holy kiss, um, the, 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 the whole category of just uh, being able to uh, be, you know, just affectionately love one another is, is just a, it's a wonderful, rich thing. Lord, I thank you for my family. I thank you for how, um, how well and how much they love me and my family. And Lord, it's all because you're so good. Lord, would you bless our time right now in your word? Thank you for Proverbs. Thank you for wisdom and what wisdom says, and what wisdom has provided. Uh, Lord, help us to be able to see it and receive it tonight. Lord, help us to be all about getting wisdom. With all of our getting, we want to get wisdom and understanding. And so, Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see, and Lord, minds to understand and hearts to believe what your word says. And Lord, we don't want it to just be academic, uh, even though we'll have to very quickly overview what your word says tonight. Lord, I just pray that, that the things that were introduced tonight, uh, Lord, that we'd go back and we'd work them out in our heart and our mind and our life, and that, God, ultimately, uh, we would see the reality of what wisdom says, what your word says over our lives. And so we pray for all of this, and thank you for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Uh, did everybody get an outline on the way in? If you're digital, you can get the link on our website, mbtkc.org. If, okay, how many, need a, how many need paper copy? You want a paper outline? Just hold your hand up, and uh, Connections will hook you up. We got some people on this, on both sides. So, um, Arnold, can we, yeah, thanks, brother. Uh, yeah, just keep your hand up until somebody gets you some paper. Otherwise, on the YouTube link and the Facebook link, you can get the digital PDF. Uh, so we're just, you know, so Lord help us, we're just kind of walking through Proverbs and, and hopefully we can get through 9, chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. And what I want you to see tonight is just the bounty that wisdom provides. And so in verse 1, we see wisdom, what she builds, right? Wisdom's build, that'll be your first blank in your notes. Wisdom hath builded her house, she hath hewn out her seven pillars, 
Okay, so when she builds her house, I know this, because wisdom is wise, she builds it on a firm foundation. It is built on a firm foundation, right? It is, I mean, it's on the rock. In Luke chapter 6, verse 48, you see a wise man building, right, laying his foundation on the rock. It's a firm foundation, and so that's what ultimately protects his home, his livelihood, his family from the storm. Uh, who is our rock? His name is Jesus. Amen? Uh, he is our firm foundation. And then when she builds her house, it's got seven pillars. So what are those seven pillars? Well, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. But if you, if you come up with what those seven pillars are, hook a brother up. But I, I bet you it's related to one of these things. You know there's seven spirits of God, right? You knew that, right? Revelation 4, Revelation 5 talks about the seven spirits of God. And you see them as seven lamps of fire burning in chapter 4. In chapter 5, you see them as seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Uh, man, I don't know what to tell you. God has seven spirits. But then you see it named, right? The, you see the seven spirits named in Isaiah chapter 11. Uh, particularly in verse 2, and so that's there for you in your notes. It's the spirit of the Lord. It's the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, the spirit of knowledge. It's the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So if those seven spirits have seven names, they're right there for you in Isaiah chapter 11. But then more than that, you know there are seven ministries of the Holy Spirit. Five are, five are unconditional. You get them right just when you get in Christ, you get them. But then there are two that are conditional. The five un unconditional ministry of the Holy Spirit, mi ministries of the Holy Spirit, the life of the believer, is first the baptism of the Spirit. When you get saved, you are baptized in the Spirit. You are indwelt by the Spirit. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. He becomes the earnest of your salvation. He is the down payment on the ultimate fulfillment of your salvation. And then he gifts you for work. And all these things are unconditional, and we don't have time, but you can run the cross-references. You can look those up and see the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The second two, or the last two, functions number six and seven, those are conditional. Uh, you actually have a part. You have a say. Your say is based on how you play. Okay, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because you can frustrate that function in the life uh, in, in, in the life of the believer, that function can be frustrated. You need to let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, Colossians chapter 3. Why? So that the Word of God will come out of your life, so that you will be filled with the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 5. And if you've been with us for any length of time, if you've been growing as a disciple with us for any length of time, you know that when you compare Colossians chapter 3 with Ephesians chapter 5, you find out that being filled with the Spirit is the same as being filled with the Word. It produces the same effect in the life of the believer. It comes, the Word comes out of your life in songs, right? Psalms, songs, spiritual songs. You, you sing, you, 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 you sing hymns, you make melody. It's the Word of God that comes out of your life. Well, if you're filled with the Spirit, the Word of God is going to come out of your life. And then there's an anointing for ministry. And how are you going to be anointed for ministry if you're not involved in ministry? How's that going to work? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? He has anointed me, Luke chapter 4. Jesus lays out the function of the anointing. So there's seven ministries of the Holy Spirit. 
seven pillars for wisdom. You know, the early church was built on seven pillars. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, we find out that the church is the ground and pillar, right? The ground, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, in the early church, how that how that, that was fleshed out in the life of the church. What are the seven pillars? Well, in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 and 47, you see that the church was all about salvation, baptism, doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers, and giving. That is what the church was all about, getting the gospel out, people believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. They baptized that those, were the, the, those that believed. They trained them up in the way that they should go. They discipled them in the doctrine of the apostles. They had fellowship together uh, that was relational as much as it was vocational in terms of ministry. They were in fellowship together. Uh, They broke bread. Uh, Families eat together, and they observed the Lord's table together. They prayed together, and they took care of one another, and they took care of the ministry. So there were seven pillars that the early church was built upon. You know, there's seven churches, seven letters to seven churches in Revelation chapters 2 through 3, and that pictures, in retrospect, we see how those seven letters to those seven churches picture the different epics of church history, the different ages of church history. And if you want to know more about that, uh, you can find out about Belize, but also church history from the man Pastor Greg Axe, okay? So you can take his Bible school course with us at LFBI. But you see that in Revelation chapters 2 through 3. As you study Proverbs chapters 2 through 8, you see that wisdom has seven discourses. There's seven major discourses of instruction in this section of Proverbs. And so that may be related to these seven hewn pillars of wisdom. Uh, But there are seven of them, okay? So this is related to the person of God, uh, but it also speaks to how large a house wisdom occupies, how large a space wisdom occupies. Solomon's temple had two major temple, or two major uh, pillars in the temple, and um, and it's it's a fairly sizable edifice. Wisdom's house has seven. Okay, so why do I say that? Well, I know this. Uh, God makes a lot of space. He makes a lot of provision. He makes a lot of room for his people. So much so that whenever you look at our future destiny with the Lord in eternity, and you look at the new Jerusalem, you, you look at the, the Father's house. You know, Jesus said, my Father's house are many mansions. And then you see that new Jerusalem, and you realize it's the size of most of North America square, cubed. Okay? I mean, it's massive. This is a massive, in my Father's house are many mansions. I, I'm, I tell you, that's the understatement. I mean, it is a big house with a big, big yard where we can play football. <laughs> verse 2, you see wisdom's best. Okay, verse 1 is what she builds. Verse 2, she gives her best. She hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. And so this mingled wine, we'll talk about the beast here in just a little bit, but this mingled wine, that may be, we know that, that the Passover uh, used mingled wine or diluted wine in that case, or it could mean spiced wine. In other words, wisdom tastes great. Uh, you see the spiced wine in Song of Songs, right? The Song of Solomon uh, 8.2 
In Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3, you see the mingled wine. Uh, so it could be that, that, that what that's speaking to is the fact that wisdom tastes good. And have you ever been in a place where you knew what wisdom said over some circumstance or some decision or some next step in terms of how you're going to live your life so that it glorifies God? Man, that tastes good. The Word of God is sweet. The Word of God tastes good. And when you see it applied to your life and your service to the Lord Jesus Christ, man, that is mingled wine. That tastes good. So, I, you know, there's some, there's some different ways that you can look at that. Um, but we'll see it, how it best applies for the church as we look at wisdom's babes. Okay, babes is your next blank because it starts with B. And it was the only B word that I could come up for ladies. I mean, literally the only one, babes. Okay, so, she hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. So, these are sent maidens. You know you're part of a maiden that is supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel, don't you? Right? You're part of a sent set of maidens. And this is, what, this, is what, this is what she says. This is what the ladies say, the maidens say. Whoso is simple, watch their gospel message. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. And so let's look at her message. Again, we're talking about the beasts and the wine, the meat and the drink, right? The bread and the wine. Okay, what is her message? Do you see it? Do you see the gospel message and what wisdom is saying? These sent maidens, what are they saying? Man, to the simple, you need to turn. So it's a change. They're calling for a change of direction. Turn in hither and get understanding. So the picture there in terms of our preaching of the gospel is we preach repentance. That is so critical. We must preach repentance. And then there's sustenance, right? If I turn from my wicked ways... If I, if I repent of my life in and my pursuit of sin, and I cling to Jesus Christ as my sin bearer, what do, I, what do I have in the gospel, in the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary? Well, man, Christ's body and blood furnish the table of salvation, don't they? So what do we say to the foolish? Come and dine. Wisdom has set the greatest table ever. And, uh, you know, Jesus has some controversial things to say about that. And as you go back and you look at John chapter 6, verses 47 through 58, pay particular attention to verse 47. And you see he is very clearly talking about what his body and his blood provide in terms of salvation. He's not calling us to all be cannibals. He's calling us to trust in his, the sacrifice of his body, his shed blood, that is the solution to our sin problem. Come and dine, eat and drink. And that's the call of the Lord's table is to remember Christ gave his body to bear our sins. He shed his blood to wash them away. Luke 22 verse 19 says, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. So if you didn't get it straight in John chapter 6, you're going to definitely clear it up in Matthew and Luke's account of what the Lord's table is. The bread, the broken bread pictures his broken body. Likewise, also the cup after supper saying, this cup 
is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. You know, when I knew we were going here, I wanted to do the Lord's table tonight, but we had so much to cover, there's just no way to get it worked in. But uh, we're going to work out the Lord's table here very soon. So the, the picture is of the gospel for sinners to repent and believe on Jesus Christ as their sin bearer. Verse 6, forsake the foolish and live. Go in the way of understanding. We've tread this ground before in Proverbs chapter 4 particularly. We want to ponder the path of our feet. We want to let all our ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. I don't want to walk wickedly. I want to walk in the word. Verse 7 tells us that there are scorners and wicked people that we will lose with every time we join them. He that reproveth a scorner gathereth or getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot or a stain. So the counsel is, reprove not a scorner lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. So here it is in summary. Scorners, man, you can't help a scorner. And all they'll end up doing is hating you and talking trash on you. Right? That's all that's going to come out of it. A wise man loves being held accountable. A wise man says, you know what? I don't want to step in it. I don't want to fall into a trap. I don't want to, I don't want to, tra- I don't want to sidestep. I don't want to transgress. I want to walk out the word in my life. I want to walk in the word. And so let's be accountable together in that. When you see me messed up, I want you to straighten me up. Uh, a wise man will love you for holding them accountable. Anytime you've got somebody that hates accountability, it's because they don't love the Word. And if they don't love the Word, it's because they love themselves far more than they love the idea of being submitted to a a living and loving God. Notice the results of the scorner. You try to help the scorner, and all you get is shame. You get a blot and you get hate. We're seeing that in the mob culture today, the cancel, the cancel culture today. People are trying to say, hey, let's have a dialogue. Let's, let's have a nuanced conversation. You're a hate monger. You're, you know, and so they just call you names, and now you've got a stain and a blot. Uh, you saw that in the example of John the Baptist and Herod. Herod tries to hold Herod, or John tries to hold Herod accountable. Uh, hey, you can't have your brother Philip's wife. That's... You're breaking the law, Matthew 14. Uh, so then he puts him in prison and puts him to death, puts his head in a charger. There it is. You know, I, John's trying to just help a brother out and gets killed for his trouble. Matthew 7, 6 says, Give not that which is holy unto dogs. I'm not giving this cross-reference to say that John the Baptist made a mistake. Uh, man... Uh, he, th- what he did right there was pull an Elijah move, okay? It was a good move. And he tried to hold the king accountable. He tried to love him. He tried to, he tried to correct him. And uh, Herod is a scorner. He is a wicked man, and so he, w- he wouldn't submit to it. And so John got trampled under Herod's feet, and, and, and he rended him. He, he killed him. Uh, the wicked hate knowledge, Proverbs one twenty nine. They don't fear the Lord. Verse 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will yet be wiser. 
teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Don't we want to be wise? So we want to be accountable. Brothers and sisters, with all my heart, I'm calling you, get accountable in the Word. Nobody likes being accountable because the moment you don't meet, right, the moment you don't match, the moment you don't follow through on the things that you say are important and right, the things that are of eternal value, the things that God's calling out over your life, uh, it's uncomfortable for, for somebody to say, hey, bro, you know the Bible says this, but it looks like you're doing that. Uh, it's, in terms of the flesh, it's uncomfortable. You know, you've got a scorner and a wicked man built into your flesh. Say no to that guy. Let's mortify him. Amen? Don't we want to be wise? Get accountable. Right? Get on the path to growth. Have some people that will speak into your life. Like, let's move forward in discipleship together. Amen? I want to increase in learning. I want to be a wise man. I want to be like David when he was rebuked by Nathan. Not because I, like, stepped out with somebody else's wife. Uh, but, you know, David could have just, like, he could have been that swine that rended Nathan and destroyed him on the spot. You get he was the king. He had all the cards. He held all the power, right? What does he do? He just humbles himself. And look at his testimony. Let the righteous smite me, and it shall be a kindness. Let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer shall also be in their calamities. I, I want to be like that. I want to I be like Peter that has to come and say to the Lord three times, I love you, I love you, I love you. Right? Didn't he benefit from that? Three times he denies the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord had to tell him, get behind me, Peter. No, that's not what he said, was it? Get behind me what? He wasn't polite at all. <laughs> he just told it like it was. And Peter benefited from that. Uh, it's good to be accountable. I don't want to be that person that calls myself a Christian, but I don't have people that I can submit to in my life. And you don't want that either if you're wise. And then number four, look at wisdom's blessing. Of course it's blessing because it starts with B. Verse 10, And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me, wisdom says, thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. Do you hear what wisdom is saying? Listen to me, and it will be good for you. You're not, you, you won't just have long life, right? Um, you, you're going to have wisdom and knowledge, right? You're going to be blessed. Or you can scorn. So wisdom or scorn, you pick. Blessing or blot, or a blot, you pick because you're going to bear the consequence of how you roll either way. Do you see that? Wisdom saying, your choice. I'm speaking. If you're listening and applying, it's going to be good for you. You scorn, and you'll bear that too. We're out of time. Can we pray? And I feel like um, there may be some people that would say just very quickly, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to be wise. I need to be accountable. I need to grow in that. I'm not, I'm not at a place of accountability that I need to be at, and, and, and I need to get plugged in. I need to get accountable. I need brothers and sisters speaking into my life. I need to be fitly joined to this church. I need to walk in wisdom. Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that? Yep, yep, yeah. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, in the back. Yes. Okay, I'm going to pray, and then... We'll officially dismiss. Um, there may be some people, though, that need to, to praise. 
before they leave. Is Brandon, is Brian still here? Brian, do you, do you mind, like, we'll, we'll dismiss, but we ought to dismiss in an atmosphere of praise and worship, right? That'll give some cover for, where's, where, where are we going to send everybody to meet with Greg? Okay, if you even got questions about the Belize trip, man, the man's here right now. So we're going to, this is Greg's office right over here, and he wants to meet with you. So uh, I'm going to pray. And uh, we're going we're gonna to dismiss, but we're just going to keep an atmosphere of praise and worship. Amen? Father, you see our need, and Lord, we trust you with it all. God, thank you so much for wisdom's message. And, and uh, Lord, how she sends her messengers to make sure we all get the message. And Lord, help us to be like that. Help us to be maidens. Help us to be the church that goes out and say to the foolish, uh, repent, change direction, come and get understanding. We want to win souls and make disciples. We want to point people to the Savior and then teach them all things whatsoever he's commanded us. And so, God, would you help us to do that? Uh, Again, help us to be faithful in the mission that our King has given us. And then, Lord, for, for the, the brothers and sisters that raised their hand and said, I'm not accountable. I need to grow in accountability. I need to be wise. I need, I, need, I need people that love God and that love me. I need them to rebuke me. And uh, so help me, God, by your grace, I'm going to love them for it. Uh, I need them to give me instruction because I want to be wiser. I want to I I increase in learning because you've You've evaluated me and, and judged me a just man. And so, Lord, help us to be people that crave instruction and accountability, that, that look to be taught. Uh, Lord, help us to grow in our faith and help us to grow in wisdom. And then, Lord, with that, uh, help us to grow in grace, we pray right now in Jesus' name. God, would you dismiss us with your blessing? And, Lord, I do pray for the Belize trip. Uh, Lord, if, if MBT can't, if that trip can happen, but MBT can't um, uh, provide for the, the support of that trip, uh, Lord, when it's, you, you see, it's the only, I mean, it's our best. We may have other trips come together before the end of the year, but Lord, this is the one that, uh, that's our best shot at having some members engage in missions this year. Uh, Lord, we want to be a great commission church, and, and so God, help us. Uh, would you just speak to the hearts that need to be a part of that? And uh, Lord, for those that need to discover missions for the first time, what a great opportunity this is. And so Lord, we just ask you for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen.